0: The following is an episode of players playing up in age. While it might seem this isn't a new notion, and it's simply a matter of whether the player is good enough or not, there is actually quite a bit to consider. Nick and I try to touch on some of those from our personal experience. And by the way, here in the States, sure, there's always been players who've played up throughout history. You can go back decades and look into the history of pro players having played up, but there's been a significant and conscious shift at scale the past 10 or so years. From the Federation authorities having pushed it on youth academies, the media then distributing those narratives around playing up, and then as a consequence, families of youth players across the country trying to push their youth club team to have their kid play up. In any case, Nick thought it would be a good idea to have a chat on this. But first, A quick message about the program that keeps the lights on around here, folks. It's for all you coaches out there stuck just treading water with your team or your careers. Guys, you need to consider the solution at 343coaching.com. If you're a coach looking to graduate from where you are and into a methodology that's actually proven, yes, actually proven to work from U9 to U19 and at all levels from beginners to the pinnacle of producing pros, this is where it's at. Now. Lots of programs claim to be amazing, but here's the thing. The 343 coaching program is taught by someone who's actually done it and has an extensive video library demonstrating proof of work. We're talking about Brian Cliven, who has done unprecedented work here in the United States and helped transform the development landscape, taking players from the age of nine all the way through to graduating an unprecedented number of them to becoming professionals here and in Europe the program immerses you into Brian's actual training activities and sessions with his actual teams and players. It is not artificially scripted or rehearsed like you would get in a typical course. No, no, no. You will witness the real training environment here. All professionally caught on tape and all carefully laid out so you receive a coherent methodology you can immediately and successfully start deploying with your team. You can get started now, Or jump aboard months or years later and then lament having wasted all that time not jumping on board today. You can find this solution at 343coaching.com. That's 343coaching.com.
1: So I want to talk about players playing up and down age groups throughout their development and what that kind of does to a player through his development. Um, but first, before we even talk about that, I want to see what, from your experience, what's the general protocol like in top clubs in Europe and uh, in, in how they move their players up and down through their systems? If, if you've seen that at all, or if you can touch on, on that from your experience.
0: Yeah, I think a generally good piece of advice is to speak from experience, number one, because then, then you know for a fact What the protocol is. Yeah. And then if we talk about what I've seen overseas or have heard about overseas or have read about overseas, that's not the same because it's hearsay. um, It's hearsay. Exactly. Um, But I can still comment on that. So I think the general protocol between what we've done in the past and what they do elsewhere is pretty much the same. And that is this. If you're good enough to play, you're old enough to play or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, if you have like an outlier talent at mm-hmm. whatever age group, and they're clearly at maybe a standard deviation or two uh, above everybody else on the team, and the the teams that they, pl- they play against, um, this particular player is able to do pretty much whatever they want And isn't that challenged? There's always challenges, but isn't that challenged? And you can kind of intuitively figure that out. Then, yeah, it's probably best for that player to play up an age group and see what it looks like there. And maybe they're still dominant there. So maybe play up two age groups, et cetera, et cetera. And then it also depends on the long-term development plan of the player. We've talked in the past about in the United States, there's this segregation between professional clubs that have a first team um, that play like an MLS, for instance. And then there's the youth clubs or youth-only clubs in the United States. And the development plans for those two groups can be quite different. Um, We'll leave that for, for another segment. But overseas, almost every club or vast majority of the clubs have a first team be it competing in the fifth division or the first division, it doesn't matter. And so it's almost like the development plan of every club is more aligned, and that is to develop players for their first team, or players that can then move on to another professional club because there's a business incentive there. So with that in mind, then playing up is very important um, if you wanna develop pros. If you're just out there wanting to get some fresh air and have an extracurricular activity, then yeah, I mean playing up would do the player good, but maybe how that's received by the both the player and the family might be a little bit different. Sure. Because it's like, wait, why am I not going to play with my friends, you know, and my own team? And the same thing with right the family's posture might be the same. And you might say, "Well, it's good for their development, they play up and they might not see it in that light. Uh, furthermore, when the player plays up, they obviously they're gonna struggle more. So sure. may, they might be used to scoring hat tricks every weekend, and then they play up a year or two, and they're not scoring any goals. And they might yeah. only have two opportunities on goal, or one or zero opportunities on goal, and then the player of the family might say, this sucks, like why are we even doing this sort of thing. <laughs> So anyways, I, I try to give you kind of a, a layout of the potential um, perception landscape or protocol landscape.
1: No, it's perfect. And when when we talk about this, right off the top of your head, is there any examples of your from your experience of a player that for most of his development and your in, that you were with him or her, you uh, they were playing up most of the time and it's and it's benefited them. Do you have any examples of, of somebody like that?
0: Well, there's, there's quite a bit, um, but for the sake of our audience, I'm not going to name somebody that you never heard of before. So I'll just name somebody that you might have heard of, and that's uh, Efrain Alvarez. Efra, we've known since he was seven, eight years old. And even ever since that age, he had already been playing up a year or two in competitive youth soccer. So when he was 7 he was probably playing u10 or he was playing u10 rather um or he was 8 and playing u10 and, yeah. and at that age you know playing up a year or two makes a pretty big difference and then 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 there's another leap of when you play up a year or two that makes a pretty big difference and that's during those puberty years yeah. so when uh players at 13 14 I'm talking about boys now uh have that jump um if you're two years younger, you haven't even started sniffing puberty. it's exactly. sudden you're, you're up against a whole bunch of man children. And that's what Efra did without any yeah. sort of problem whatsoever and was still quite dominant playing two years up. So most of his career was two years up, not one year up. And then naturally the last, uh, the last segment is when you're transitioning to being a professional. So when you know here's Zephra debuting as a professional at age 15 um, in the second division here at UCL and then already killing it and scoring all kinds of goals and doing ridiculous things that pretty much nobody in the league can actually do. yeah and now oh, yeah, yeah, nonetheless it's the same thing and you see this internationally. So you wanted an example, there's an example
1: a really good one at that and you know it's it seems like the environment that he was in helped him to to get to the environment that he's at now was there any ever point in his timeline or any other player's timeline where they had been playing 2 years up or 1 year up would you throw them back in their own age group at times to 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 get in with those teams to be a leader with those teams or was he pretty much just staying up in that in that challenging age group
0: um for for if we're talking about him he mostly stayed playing up the entire time because uh, he was already quite stable and and even dominant at times playing up yeah so it, it wouldn't help him that much to go back down two years but for the vast majority of players even if they are very very talented that's probably not the best thing it's probably good to, yeah, go down and play your age group on many occasions, especially if you're you know, struggling and, and always constantly stretching yourself playing up. Um, exactly. Where you're not dominant playing up. So yeah, drop back down and uh, enjoy some success. Enjoy some success in your dribbling. Enjoy some success in your defending. Enjoy some success in your goal scoring. Enjoy some success in all facets of the game because that uplifts the spirit. You know, if you're constantly struggle, 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 and you're a very talented player, it's good to, to get those good drips of dopamine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have this, this scenario where I have a family, I coach a team, and I have two cousins on the team, They're separated by two years. The younger cousin is very good, and ever since this team has been formed, he's been playing up two years. Now, the team is finally at the point where they're hitting puberty. The growth spurt is happening. You can see him not growing and all of his teammates growing, and now the team is kind of disbanding. So, he's going to go back to his own age group, and I'm interested to see, you know, he has never played in his own age group throughout his whole development. He's always had older cousins, he has older older brothers. Um so I'm interested to see when he goes to his, his own age group will he be successful or will it just be, you know, too easy for him. Uh and so I'm I'm very interested to see. So I appreciate your insights on that. And do you see do you think that there's any, any problem? There's a lot Yeah, there's go
0: ahead. A, go ahead. there's a, yeah, there's a lot of parameters also to invo- involve because um, in the case you just described, for example, if if you're playing up, well, I'm always talking about playing up a, a year or two, but that team that you're playing up on is of the same like level relative to their competitors as the younger team. You know, it, so here in Southern California, we have tiers, right, from bronze to gold, um, in the Coast Soccer League, anyways, at least historically. So I'm not talking about if you're a gold player at u12 if you're playing up uh, on a bronze team at u13 well that's not the same <laughs> exactly yeah type of exactly. Thing. You, you, you know what i mean you know what i'm talking Absolutely. about so when you're talking about your your specific scenario well if he's going if that particular kid is going to drop back down to his age appropriate level well hopefully he's dropping back down to a level appropriate um yeah yeah he's going gold well. to gold
1: He's going gold to gold, so it'll just be Got a complete it. swap of the age Got groups. It. So I'm interested to see. You know, I've we've we've prepared him in an environment where he he's a striker and and he's played against bigger kids his whole life. So he's learned a different set of skills. He's learned how to hold the ball, crest the ball, and be more technical um, and not use his speed. You know, uh, against these bigger kids. So I'm very interested to see how that progresses, and I'll keep you tuned in. Do you think that there are any problems? of moving players up and down or, or can a kid get kind of just overwhelmed by going up two years and it's just not a good fit for him? Uh, do you, have you ever seen that happen?
0: Man, not, not really that much in our personal environment, personal experience. I mean, there's always an adjustment period where the player can be quite uncomfortable um, and just like I discovered before, there's, there can also be a period of frustration where maybe you, the, the player has been moved, not just borrowed, but moved to the older team. Yeah. And they're not the starter every game either. Maybe they, they come on later in the game, they get half a game um, mm. instead of a full game. So that can be frustrating or the player could be a starter and then, depending on the context of the match and the matchups and things of that nature, you substitute the player out, and they're not used to that either. So it's not it's not a smooth thing. That's that's for damn sure. Um, but have <laughs> we never. personally seen it? I mean, yeah, have we personally seen it? Well, maybe in isolated scenarios like that, game by game basis, yes. But overall, whenever we made a move a move for a player to get exposure at the higher level. It's, it's been okay.
1: And it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, you guys probably, you said it, they're outliers, they're standard deviants. They're, they're, it's, it's kind of, they show it to you that they deserve to be up, right? Uh, It's kind of obvious sometimes where this guy's dominant in his own age group. He deserves to be challenged and it, and then you can reassess. If he goes up and, and he does well, then yeah, stay here. If he goes up and he's not comfortable, then maybe it's time to reassess and slide him back down. But yeah, I, I, I think that there's a lot of good that comes out of, of players playing up. And I learned a lot from, from playing in the street. And I think that's where a lot of people learn the game first is playing against older people, right? In pickup and pick up and how much that is missing here in America, I, I don't know, but I think that's a big link into learning how to use your body and, and learning how to be a better player and playing beyond your age group. Um, because then you get kids like Ephra who can debut at 15 and be a man, you know, as, as he's still growing and developing. So I, I think that there's a lot of good that comes out of it, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so that's a great point too. Um, in the case of Ephra in particular, he has older brothers, one of which was a professional soccer player and in his own right, and then another older brother who has played all his life as well, uh, and then another older brother. But, um, yeah, growing up, he's been the little guy in the family and always getting punked, yeah. uh, and there were always pick-up games, always pick-up games, and he would go out and play against, we're not talking one year up or two year up. We're talking about goes out as a 10 year old or as 11 or 13 year old playing with men basically in pickup games so the fact that he was 10 playing a u13 or something like that that doesn't face him in any sense of the word yeah Uh, or when he's 15 and he's gonna go and play professional soccer already that doesn't face him one iota i remember a, a time where Brian and I, during the professional off-season here in the States, we would Mm -hmm. invite uh, former players of ours who were now professionals and friends of ours who were former professionals and active professionals, right? They were actually playing in the MLS season or in the US season. But during their off-season, we would invite them all, maybe 20, 30 players. We'd get a field. And... We'd have the guys train with us. We'd train them and then we'd play. And Efra at the time was 10, 11, 12, 13 years of age. And he's like, Gary, can I jump in? I want to jump in. I'm ready. Like, <laughs> like now, you know, and these were all MLS players, basically playing a nice little scrimmage. But he wouldn't say it jokingly. He would say like, put me in coach. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and embarrass yeah. some people right now yeah. with, with that sort of attitude.
1: That's huge. That's huge to have. And I, I think more people listening to this story can take a note out of out of that playbook, but you really have to, you have to be careful because not everybody deserves to play up just because they're showing good qualities. I would imagine that you guys recognize yeah. that in Ephra from an early age and over many different yeah. years. It wasn't something that just, Hey, we're going to throw him up and see how he does.
0: Yeah, there's something that's quite concerning a lot of the times here in the United States because we're still quite infantile in our yeah. development. Um, and, I'm, and I'm even referring to those who have been graced with leadership positions, like at the Federation, for example. Um, they make these blanket statements like play up, play up, play up, playing up equals good development sort of thing. And it's just not true, okay? They wanna force everything um, down this path. And most of the time, it's all very case-by-case oriented. Um, yeah. And what's even, what, what's even more frustrating is when you have people in those positions, the general public, they don't know if, if those people are actually not good um, or good at what they do, but they see the title, oh, wow, you're from U.S. soccer? Oh, wow, you're like the director of scouting? Oh, wow, you're saying X, Y, and Z? So they take their word for it, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm sure you might experience this, certainly a lot of my colleagues here do or have, you get families coming up to you um, saying, I want my kid playing up, and then you're like, whoa, dude, no. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And... And and it sucks, you know, and you try to explain to them, listen, X, Y, and Z for A and B and C reasons. And they'll listen or they'll hear you, but they have another voice in their head, which is some idiotic article that they read online by some lame ass reporter (laughs) who's who's saying, well, the Federation so-and-so said, Players should be playing up if they, if they want to develop. And like that, there's so many other topics that follow that sort of um, line of reasoning. So I imagine that's where you were angling at too, Nick, is there's that sort of yeah. frustration at times. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's hard. I mean, as a coach, it's easy to justify as a parent in American soccer nowadays f- whatever the reason is entitlement or, or I'm paying money here at this club. So I get to decide my kid's future. There's just a lack of understanding between what the kid should be doing and what the kid is doing. And I think it's up to the coach to really talk to the family and say, this is the reality. Your kid is 10. He's, you're asking him to play with 13 year olds that have facial hair and are going to break little Jimmy. The, he might get broken. And you're going to take them to the hospital. So those are things that they don't really understand. And I think you see that level. You see it at like high school level, right? When you have a freshman playing against a senior and you can really see the physical disparity. But some of those kids that are coming in as freshmen have played up or have experienced playing against top level. So some of them can hang. But the majority of freshmen coming in, there's only usually one or two that are going to make it to the top level to to a varsity team. So you generally find that those players are either had older, older brothers or sisters or somebody in their family that has toughened them up, per se, or that they've already played up and they can handle the physical difference when they when they get to that level. But it just seems to be happening all over the place. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. um Yeah. there's just so many nooks and crannies to dive into here. So many subtleties. Uh, another subtlety is if a player going to play up, sometimes it's incumbent upon the coach that's going to have this player on their team now, this younger player mm-hmm. to know how to protect that younger player um, True. S- and have, and have an environment set up such that it facilitates the transition such that it helps the player. Develop. I'll give you an example. So, for instance, maybe you're a coach and you're going to have, you're now going to have this player who is a year or two younger playing on your team and you're used to playing a 4 3 3, for instance, but you're used to playing one defensive midfielder um, and two attacking mids. Okay. And this player that's going to play up is a defensive midfielder. Well, maybe it makes sense to now play your 4-3-3 with two defensive midfielders splitting the field Mm -hmm. with the young player being one of the two. You with me? And not leaving him completely isolated. True. Um, I'm just giving you an example, a system type example that would potentially better support that player not being thrown right into the fire sort of thing. And like that, there's all kinds of examples that you have to assess on a day-by-day basis in your training environment and on the weekend, whether your opponent is strong, whether your opponent is weak, or whether, you, I mean, this is, this is football, right? There's, a, there's hundreds of scenarios.
1: And Absolutely. I'm just trying to
0: make the point that sometimes it's a function of the coach's expertise as well, whether the player playing up has a, has a successful stint or not a, a not-so-successful stint. And this gotcha. happens at every level.
1: No, it's really interesting. Okay, one more one more topic, and uh, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. So let's say I'm just going to give you a scenario, and I want to get your opinion. Let's say that you have three or four superstar kids. They've been playing up two years. They're constantly playing up. They're, they're way above their age group. And as a club, you decide to bring these three players down to play in their own age group, just for a weekend to go play in a tournament or to go play in a big fixture for the club. Do you think that it's it's okay to do to bring your top players down back into their own age group just to win a match? Is it too savage or, hey, it's we're, we're trying to win. It's football. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Case by case, again. Uh, but if I have to make a general comment, I'd say that's fine at least for, for our philosophy, our philosophy is you want to develop individuals and, not or, and you want to win. Winning is part of the development process as well. And so if we have that scenario that you just described, 100%. If you know the older age team is off or has a different type of commitment or whatever the case may be, yeah. Let me bring down the cracks um, to the lower age group and let's go and have success as a team and win. Those players are then going to experience, again, some success individually and collectively, which is good for their development because now you'll be successful you your dribble, successful at your defending, successful at all these things. Um, and you learn from that too. You learn from your successes and you get a drip of, Dopamine or excitement and euphoria, and you're having fun, so that helps them as well. Furthermore, it helps the other members of that team because the other members of that team now are playing on a better team as a result of these three cracks being there, and they also have more fun and enjoy success and et cetera, et cetera, or or put in better playing scenarios uh, in in their positions. I mean the uh, the people who unfortunately are not going to like this are the players who are going to be substituted as a result of these guys coming down. Yep. And that's always a management problem, uh, which you can't escape. But at the same time, I would also argue that those players and those families maybe look at it as in a positive light, because I think it certainly can be viewed that way, that, hey, there's always somebody out there ready to take your position, eat your lunch, and there's you're going to encounter challenges and obstacles in life. And here you have a situation where it's one weekend. It's not your entire career. It's one yeah. weekend yeah. that you're going to feel this and be exposed to this. Um, suck it up.
1: <laughs> I wish I wish some of my parents would say messages like that. <laughs> Instead, it's like, "Oh man, they brought these." Guys. I'm sorry you didn't get to play. You should have played over him, even though he's way better than you. You should have still played, Sonny. It's it's frustrating that that sometimes they can't see that the correlation. And I I think that's a phenomenal message, right? There is always someone waiting to take your job.
0: The chal- the challenge there, and the argument some might make is like. Well, guys, you know, we're paying for this. We're paying uh, for our kid to be part of this team and the training. And so they have this sense of if we're paying, then my kid better be playing. And to a certain extent, this is true. But, you know, why focus in on just one weekend or two weekends? Look at the playing time throughout the course of the entire year and not just isolated moments. Those isolated moments, are up to the coach, the staff, the club philosophy, the club vision. And if, if that's clearly laid out, then tough. You are not paying for your kid to actually play. You're paying to get your training and to have the opportunity on the weekend to compete for playing time and, and things of that nature. So that's that's a, just a little a side note because I know that that's what you experience and many youth coaches here experience. And then if you look at the pro academies, the non-pay-to-play, well, this is just how it is. It, yeah. You you take it or get the fuck out. You're out, and yeah. Then, and then at the pro level, obviously, this is also true. Or even at the, if you want to talk about high school, because we're here in the United States and people are talking about high school and college, <laughs> nonsense like that. You go to high school, you go to college, you're not just going to get a free ride and get your playing time and all that stuff. You have to compete for your spot, man. And sometimes... The world's not fair. And sometimes indeed you as a player are actually better than the other player that's in your spot. It's just the coach has different preferences or might be playing politics because let's face it, that is true. And many times. Well, tough man. This is life. Um, you know, get with the program. And this <laughs> and listen, I don't want to be heartless or anything, but why can't we call it like it is. And this is how it is. So let's learn to live with it. And let's learn to try to overcome. Take notes,
1: people. I think you just take that last two minutes, blast it to every player, parent in America, we'd be in a much better place. Final thoughts on playups, Gary.
0: Yeah, we started this conversation talking about, well, let's be careful as to what I'm going to say. Cause you asked me for a general protocol or a protocol and I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll speak from personal experience. And then I can talk about what happens elsewhere around the world, but it's all hearsay. You know, even though I've witnessed it around the world, I'm not in their environment day in and day out. So mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to mention that with respect to our personal experience, Brian was kind of a pioneer in the playing up uh, category here in our country. Uh, For 10 years, 10, 15 years, he would constantly play players up. We talked about the Ephra story, playing two years up throughout his career. But in Brian's case, Brian was just an outlier and he would play entire teams up and not just a player or two uh, or three or have a player or two or three come up to his team. He would play entire teams up. That's awesome. Two years that's outrageous and not and not at the recreational level. He would do this at the highest level in the land, the U.S. Soccer Development Academy, compete against MLS teams from across the country with his team being two years younger and getting to the final of the U.S. Soccer Development Academy with his team playing that's, two years younger. That's crazy, that's um, so crazy. And so, this was, I mean, not to not to say there weren't other people around the country, you know, exploring in this space as well. But I've never seen something like that before, and and I know that U.S. soccer had never seen something like that before, and this had some sort of influence uh, in the landscape, which is great. But again, you know, sometimes the pendulum swings way too far the other way. And all of a sudden your U S soccer says, Oh, play up, play up. And then the, and then the, and then the media parrot, that. Oh, play up, play up. That's equal development or whatever. And then, then you, you have families saying, I want my kid playing up. And you're like, dude, <laughs> you, you need to chill out, man.
1: Well, and that, and that's why I really, I was really interested to talk to you about this topic because I know that it's something that you guys have done. I've, I've seen Brian do that. And it's, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I've, tried to do it and, and emulate that with my players. And I, I hope that I've given them environments to be successful. in. that's all we can do as coaches. Um, so I appreciate that for everybody listening to that. There were so many good takeaways. The biggest one for me, hey, if <laughs> even if you're playing, even if you're paying top dollar at a club, you're not paying to play, you're paying to be trained. And you're paying for the referees a lot of the time. (laughs) You're paying for referees.
0: Referees, uniforms. (laughs) Yeah, everything else. And you name it, it's, but but see, this is Nick, and I'm sorry to keep you a little bit longer here, but this is why the club as an organization needs to have strong leadership, needs to have a real philosophy with real values, right? Not just some stupid page on a website that just writes down a bunch of, cool sounding uh, mantras, you know, <laughs> that we're here. about. Well, you know, you reach your potential and we do what development and blah, 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 all horse shit, okay? But you need strong club leadership that actually has a mission, that actually believes in things. And part of that mission statement needs to be what you just described, which is, hey man, you're paying for X, Y, and Z. Playing time is not guaranteed. Okay, you have to kind of earn your playing time. And we may on occasion disagree what earning playing time means. But then that's up to our coach and technical staff to deduce whatever it is that they feel is appropriate. Um, And if this isn't for you, then there no hard feelings, no problem. You know, just please uh, consider not joining our club because this is what we believe in. So if you have something solid like that and is repeated maybe twice a year uh, from the club to, to their families, then you don't run into as many of these problems.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, you said something earlier too, where parents usually have an emotional reaction after their kid doesn't play in one weekend. But you have to look at it over the course of the whole season. And if you as a coach are not doing a good job over the whole season, then yeah, you need to bring that up with the parents. But if you can space it out throughout the season and you look at your opponents, you look at who you're playing, what game is a good fit for this person, then you can create a better understanding between the parents of what's happening. And maybe you'll get rid of those emotional reactions. But if you don't nip it in the bud early, parents are going to complain. And that's a whole nother episode we could do about the truth about playing time, the cold, hard truth about playing time.
0: And that right there is a good note to end on. Thanks, Nick. And thanks to all of you for listening. Believe it or not, each and every one of you makes a difference in the soccer environment we all live in. If you'd like to provide another push forward, please quickly give us a five-star rating along with a comment on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you guys are using to listen in. If you're a parent looking to best help your son or daughter on multiple levels, make sure you're on the 343 Masterclass email list. And coaches, your solution is at 343coaching.com. Lastly, if you have any thoughts on this topic or others, you can always email me directly at gary at 343.com. 343 is spelled as you see it on the podcast logo. I always try to respond to every sincere connection. Until next time... Keep building.